Yes. Yes. We are ready. You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. So, Tribe of Mentors has a very specific set of questions. Oh, is it not in the podcast? Oh, no, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I thought these were... <laughs> Yusuf just shot devil eyes at me there. I thought it was the questions that he asks on his podcast. But it may be the same questions. Should we start again? No, no. <laughs> Just keep, keep it going. Okay, so in any case, there are a series of questions that he asks his guests. Well, Tribe of Mentors, the book, is just Tim transcripts Fares. of his podcast, isn't Great it? Great one, so... we're both right. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Great. So, excellent foundation to start our podcast of not knowing where we got these questions Shaky from. and uncertain. But we've had a couple of people request that we answer the questions that are addressed to the experts in their relevant fields um, about their lives. And Tim Ferriss is very good at asking good questions, very much like Louis Theroux. Yeah, he's awesome at asking questions. Some people would say that touching children inappropriately is a morally reprehensible thing to do. <laughs> what would you say to those people? Manages to ask a question in such a non-threatening oh, no. way. Some people would say, you know, no smoke without fire. What would you say to those people? <laughs> Louis. Louis. So, question we're, number one. we're just going to interview each other on these questions, and I hope that there's a lot of value for you guys as well. Before we start, though, Ooh. guys, oh, yeah, thank you for the you. lovely reviews that you've been giving us. What we're going to start doing as a thank you is we're going to send you a copy of our V-Taper program, which is our flagship muscle-building eight-week program. Fantastic result. It added 25 kilos to my bench press uh, and I think two inches to your back, chest and back. Yeah. Um, and Faster Fat Loss, our flagship fat loss program, um, which both of which have produced massively consistent results. We're going to send you them for free if you are the iTunes review that is picked on each podcast. Both are... Like DIY programs that you can work through that yourself, like they're very comprehensive. And if you want to join our coaching programs, as a result, there's discounts within each product. So it's a fantastic gift, to be honest. It I is. would love if someone had sent me those gifts. Mm, it'd be like, and all if all I had to do was to leave Write a review. A review. Basically, we're going to pick the most entertaining or funny review. So from Saki Fecker, <laughs> they have said. I can't believe I've just discovered these guys. Fabulous content, well delivered. Apart from the caffeine bashing, I couldn't fault it. Jokes. Working my way through the back catalogue on morning and lunchtime walks. Keep up the good work. Saki Fekka, get in touch with us. We will send you a free copy of both of our flagship programmes. And that's actually linked to the podcast that we did on how to fill your dead time. Listen to podcasts on walks. Uh, there we go. Very meta. Incidentally, nearly four weeks without caffeine now. We can talk about that at some point. That's pretty good. You said, yeah. So it's just a very bland way of living. Nothing exciting happens when you don't have coffee. Your, your emotions just go from all over the place to just five out of ten Stable. all the time. Yeah. So, Johnny, what is the book or books that you've given most as a gift and why? <laughs> um, so the book that I've given most as a gift, and we've sent this to multiple clients, is Loving What Is by a lady who is, believe it or not, called Byron Katie. Why? Yeah, why is that? Why? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, 
through a series of, of emotional events. Byron Katie discusses how she um, learned to basically stop arguing with reality. So the, the concept that's very well explained in the book is that the reason that you feel sad or angry or uh, frustrated with anything that happens is you have a way that you feel the world should be, a, a, a way that you're arguing, you know, no, that shouldn't happen, I shouldn't feel like this, this shouldn't be that way. But the reality is, it is like that. And so the book has a process in it, it's very prescriptive, um, with lots of examples of basically just how to narrow that gap, I suppose, between your expectations or how you feel about something and the way that it's happening and you learn to love the way that things are. So that process has been immensely helpful for me. Um, and everyone who has read the book has found the same thing that we've sent it to, or I've given it to. It is a great process. I've gifted that book to a client as well. Mm. She, was, uh, she was very happy. Um, I think the one for me, the one that's most influenced my life was David Dada, The Way of the Superior Man. And that was because uh, Johnny and I were working in the financial sector. I was, I think we were both starting to get quite disillusioned. Johnny just had more of a pain tolerance than me and <laughs> managed to last three years. I was um, locked in <clears throat> my contract. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a, a chapter in the book that said, um, if you are living inauthentically, then you're not in line with your highest purpose and that purpose changes over time. It's like an onion where the outer layers fall away and you, you come up, you, the, a new deeper purpose comes up. But if you're living out of alignment with that, people will sense your inauthenticity in every aspect of your communication with them, including your family and your friends. And I did feel very out of, out of uh, sync with it. And it was one of the reasons that caused me to quit the job. Um, later on, a series of other changes and there was a chapter uh, that stemmed it all called live as though your father was dead. Um, and it's not necessarily about whether your physical father is alive or dead, but it's about living in a way that is not just to play out someone else's ideals for a lifetime or to live in a way that is to try and seek approval for your father or for authority or for any, any kind of symbolism with that. And so being able to fully let go of that and really it only, it only actually happened when my dad physically died. Um, when I realized there were a lot of attitudes and beliefs that I had that I kind of, that dropped away almost organically after realizing that they weren't my own. It's listed as one of the, the biggest regrets of dying people, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I think like living a life that wasn't true to them, you know, trying to, you know, doing what other people felt that that person should, uh, what, okay. what they should do. Interesting. Difficult one to, uh, Go to actually action. Definitely. What about the three books that have influenced you the most? Okay. If you need time to think. So I thought these were one and the same. So okay. I've written three things down. I'm just going to say the three things. One of them is Loving What Is. The next one is uh, The Four Hour Work Week, which is very like glib and very, like, very Silicon Valley mm. thing to say. But the book itself, so I've revisited it twice now. I initially read it when I was working as an accountant. Um, and I think with books like this, it's principle-based. And when you revisit it, the principles can almost be reapplied in different areas of your life. I think that's the sign of a good book, that mm. when you it meets you at a different place, depending on your growth and where yeah. you meet it. And yeah, it's a fantastic book. It was going to be one of mine, but I've got, I've got three others instead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, in essence, 
Tim Ferriss, who came up with these questions, uh, has a great podcast, written multiple good books. He discusses a framework for you to create what he calls a muse, which is basically a business that generates enough income for you to um, gain more freedom in the rest of your life, some more time freedom, location freedom, where, when, and, and how you work and what you work on. Um, to then pursue things that you really enjoy in this idea of um, the delayed life plan, which is what most people live, which is like waiting till they're 65, 70 and then retiring and then having freedom. It's how do we move that freedom to sooner in your 20s and 30s when you have the the desire, I suppose, the motivation, the health um, to actually be able to experience these things. Um, but it's a great book, really fantastic book. What's your next one? So for diet and training... There's a book that I, I wish I'd read earlier because I, I think we were both used to read a lot of very advanced concepts in training and nutrition yeah. that were beyond our current level of understanding and of our current level of, of training. Yeah. And it very much gives rise to what we call um, the thinking you're more advanced than you are syndrome when you're someone who's trained for one or two years and thinks that you need to be optimizing all these kind of really extreme um minutiae when actually if i'd read the eric helms pyramid books training and diet like if i mean if you've been following us for a while and if you've been training for more than four or five years none of it will be new to you but as most good books do if they articulate your peripheral hunches and understandings in a way that is more that just is clear and you're ready to ready to hear them and they provide some evidence behind them, then it's it's perfect. And I just wish I'd read those books much earlier on in my training career. It would have saved so much time and so much wasted effort with diet and training. It's, it's just released version two, I believe. Mm, okay, we'll put a discount code in the show notes for the podcast. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Next book. So it's not a book. Okay. So I've been mega naughty here. Um, it's a book called... Or it's a video called The Ten Secrets for Financial Success. That is a brilliant video. Anton Creel. Um, that, so that video legitimately changed my entire life. And that man is continuing to change my entire life. So he is a... For those of you who have a very good memory, in 2008, there was a BBC series called Million Dollar Traders. Um, basically, uh, a hedge fund manager gave a million quid of his own money to via a production company to train 10 or something novices um, and enlisted the help of a guy called Anton Creel to mentor and manage them. And throughout this TV show, Anton just comes across as this you know, juggernaut of, of training and he's very sort of mentally strong, has lots of well-formed opinions. Um, he's later become a bit of a personality, gained a following, built a course teaching people how to manage investments and trading. Um, and as a result has done some general financial or life advice um, and just the way that he he has contradictory opinions on pretty much everything to be honest compared to what you probably already think so the idea that a mortgage is a terrible idea and you should never get a mortgage um, the idea that you should quit your job almost for certain and that the risk of quitting quitting your job is a lot less than you perceive it to be um, Lots of these, and this is the video. It just gives that, such bulletproof arguments as to why well, each yeah. one of these is just the truth. And it's not... So he, he just <laughs> mathematically proves... So he's math, he walks through and mathematically proves why it's cheaper to rent than get a mortgage and why you should definitely just rent instead of getting a mortgage, which is very 
if you're sat listening to the video with a mortgage, very shaking to hear, but that's just the one. <laughs> Great choice. That, that video, I'm so glad you, I, I was listening to it while delayed three hours on a, a train standing in the Manchester train platform. And if it wasn't for that, I would have been really pissed off that day. But I was like, you know what? This is, this is such fantastic. life-changing information. And ironically, he was talking about the UK is just going to shit. And that's why I've moved to Singapore. <laughs> and following Brexit, it's only going to get worse. So that's actually, I think that video is actually the five principles behind the 10 secrets. So he's got a follow-up Oh, that's video. the follow-up one. Yeah. So that, I mean, to get combined, there'll be three hours. Watch both, basically. Yeah. I mean, change three. your life. Three hours to fundamentally change the way that you behave. I don't know what that noise was. It sounded familiar. It sounded like a game. Started. Maybe low watch, low battery, something like that. Anyway, um, Tetris. <laughs> it did sound <laughs> my, like Tetris. My Game Boy. <laughs> so, next book, for me, I think... This is tough because I... There's one that I would recommend to you, for you to read first. Is it The Hungry Caterpillar? Hungry Caterpillar, that's very good. The, but also the one that I found most enjoyable. But I think read... If you're interested in meditation, Mindfulness in Plain English by Hinepala Gorantana. Very good introductory book. <laughs> very uh, beautifully written. But if you have already, already a bit au fait with it, the most beautiful book on the subject I've read or listened to is Shinzen Young, The Science of Enlightenment. So that's a recommendation if you're interested in that stuff. If you're not, then yeah, you know, if you want to push your limits, push your boundaries and listen to something that you might disagree with or you might not, you know, might not have given much thought to, then great. But if not, then obviously go with the, the Helms Pyramid books to start with. So I've read neither of those two books, the latter. I've read both Eric's books. I've not mm. read the, the meditation ones. I really should. Uh, yeah. Um, a final round off on that one, which is two more books, which is, again, cheating. But I think the two skills that anybody should be seeking to manage are habit formation and maintenance and deep work. Mm, and oh, so, bloody hell. <laughs> so, um, well, to, so I, I think recently I've realised that if... 10 years ago, I'd started cultivating habit management, the ability to write code, the ability to trade on stocks and shares. And this is one of the later questions. Oh, is that shit? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so habit, habit building and maintenance and deep work. So I would read Atomic Habits by James Clear and Deep Work by Cal Newport. Cal Newport's got a book coming out on digital minimalism. As I'm well. so glad there's two of us. So we get six total books as an allowance because there's with, so with two bonus. Two two boners. <laughs> We're both just sat here with two boners. Um, because without that, it would be... There's too, there's too many books. Keep things down to three. Yeah. And even that is a, that, that's a, a list. I mean, how many books between us have we read? God knows. Deep work is excellent, though, you're right. It really is. And James Clear knows his stuff with habits. It's a very concise... And even the summary of it will give you a good... So, again, if, you, if you're familiar with habit building, none of it will be <clears> groundbreaking, but very similar to the Pyramid books, it just builds into a framework... And then you, then it's your job to put it together and do it. To be honest, all of Cal Newport's stuff, like so good yeah. they can't ignore you, and any of Mark Manson's books as well. It is. Oh <laughs> god, yeah. So we'll, 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 oh, god. we'll, we'll put all the ones we've re we've referred to in the uh, mm. in the list. But yeah, Mark Manson, uh, deep work, 
I read Cal Newport's book on being a student. How, just, how to be a straight A student. Or yeah. that. That's how we found Cal Newport, I think. I think so. You, you were When you were starting to study for medicine. That was very useful and very well-timed. So the, the stat that still rings in my head about that is how, when he monitored like Harvard graduates. So he looked at all of the, the top students mm. and he se- selected out grinders, the ones who would work for 10 hours plus per day, mm-hmm. and then figured out what are the key traits that are shared between people that work the fewest number of hours and get the best grades. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I read that. If you are listening to this and you are either about to start studying something, you may be midway through a course, or you're looking to start a professional or a postgraduate qualification, absolutely get hold of that book. Mm. It's not just for school kids. Oh, definitely not. In yeah. fact, it's, it's quite it's a sledgehammer. It's very for advanced, kids. yeah. But didn't you say that, the, that those who were getting better grades had the most free time or were doing the most extracurricular stuff? Most of the wrong? time, because they don't burn out. Yeah. And when they're working, they're really working. Pseudo work completely consumed me for my first degree. Completely. Uh, to, to be honest, I'm I'm pretty confident that most of the world is just locked in pseudo work the whole time. And it's getting worse with distraction. I mean, you you'll have heard our podcasts on distraction phone, is destruction. Yeah, phone use and it it just erodes things. The, the very fact that people are at work for eight nine hours a day and think that they're working eight nine hours a day that they just they aren't categorically like you try and work. Without distraction for eight hours, you will not be able to do it. If you can manage two or three hours, you're doing you're well. elite. So <laughs> yeah, you really are elite. The deep focus is going to be the superpower of the coming generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that really should not be that funny, but for some reason, so childish. What purchase of £100 or, or less has positively impacted your life in the last six months or recent memory? Um, so this is very recent for me, but... Not AirPods. Oh, it's not AirPods. No, no, that would really upset you, Seth, although they are fantastic. And if you they are haven't got AirPods, you should get them. They are £100,000, though, not just £100. they are 150 quid, I believe. Oh, so I've, it's not AirPods, but just to speak about AirPods for a moment, I've not heard anybody who's bought <laughs> AirPods it. be upset about buying AirPods. I wish I hadn't brought them up. Now. <laughs> no, so uh, my girlfriend and I, it was her idea actually, um, have recently tried Gusto, which is the same as HelloFresh. Basically, they deliver weekly um, precise amounts of ingredients for various recipes. And so something that loads of, of listeners will be familiar with as a challenge, like if you um, live with someone, live with your parents or cook with your flatmates in the evening or whatever, if you're tracking macros all day and then it comes to this big sort of question mark in the evening where maybe someone else is, is preparing food or maybe you're preparing food for multiple people, getting precise quantities is very difficult. Um, and often, like if someone else wants, so my girlfriend loves carbonara pasta, for example, the macros in that are horrendous. Like it's basically a bowl of carbs and fat. Okay. So the effort to go out and prepare food is for me very low. I think Yusuf's the same. Like I, if it takes me longer to prep than eat, I don't like doing it generally speaking. Um, but we've started this. So it's weekly basis. You get a box with recipe cards, precise macros, the exact ingredients. There's no like, Oh, I can't make that cause I don't have any fresh ginger or I can't make that cause I don't have any curry powder. Um, and it's been a, it's been a learning lesson, a learning lesson, all lessons are learning <laughs> lessons. It's been a learning curve for me. 
Um, so I cooked prawn korma curry last night from scratch. Um, and we've had, like, we've made, we're making a burger, made a pizza from scratch, loads of, like, uh, teriyaki rice dishes, a moussaka, lamb moussaka, like, all oh, these things. Wow. Like, that I, I would never have, like, you maybe would have if you're out at a restaurant, but you'd never try and make at home yourself. Um, prawn so. korma is going to be one of the things that the coming generation <laughs> are deprived of. Why? I don't know. You just want to say coming generation. <laughs> the coming generation. So yeah, Gustos. I think it's like, it depends on the box and all those things that I get, but like 20 to 30 quid, I think for three meals, four meals. They've got, they had a January offer on, so, so it may still be around. So 20 to 30 quid for three meals, two for two people. For two people. So actually it works out four or five pounds a meal. So it's not, it's not super expensive. <clears throat> I, I don't, so because we're still on the discount, I don't know mm. what the full, but even then, Whether it's, not, sw- it's, not, the it's not prohibitively expensive because th- these companies are eroding supermarket revenue slowly. Really? Well, because it's not so that much of a it, it may, even if it is comparably the same price, if you were to try and make one of these things, you'd get to a point where you're like, okay, I don't have any coriander, so I have to go out and buy. You can't just buy exact the exact amount of coriander. You need the full thing, mm. and the same with all the ingredients. So the cost especially if that thing never ne- ne- doesn't get used again the following week or whatever and goes out of date, that's where, that's where their angle is. So it's, the, it's exactly what you need for each recipe. So I've had this when I put things into my instant pot, the uh, slow cooker. <laughs> this is going to be yours. And I'm making like a chicken tagine and I want to put a single orange in it, but all they have in the shops is a bag of oranges. eight oranges. And, you're yeah. like, well, and then they end up just going off. Anyway, instant pot, great purchase, but it's I think it's £104 or something. So. You can have that. So oh, yeah. I mean, it's against the rules. It I is. It. Well, the the one I was going to say is a piece of. I mean, it's not even a piece of software. It's a. <laughs> oh, it's a it's, <laughs> it is a full infrastructure called Alfred for Mac. For Mac, if you use a Mac and you're not using Alfred, you to are be honest, if you use a PC, what are you doing? That yeah, if you use a PC, get a grip. You, you need to just get a grip. Like just <laughs> either throw it out your window, sell it on Facebook Marketplace, get a Mac ASAP. Mm. Even my techno twat flatmate got a got a Mac, and now Did he really? He, he, I, I bullied him into getting one. I bet he's he, like he, a bigger. He Mac. got a refurbished, you know, the smallest possible Mac you can get. Oh, the MacBook Air, the like eleven inch one, yeah, or whatever, yeah. or the nine inch. And I uh, told him, get this. And recently, he's been like, you know what? I'm so glad because this has changed it's my just life. Better, yeah. So, Alfred, check it out. I'm going to do a webinar on it soon. Um, but it's it. I mean. I'm not going to even sell it to you. I think just look at the look at the website, look at the features. It's twenty pounds or something for a one-off buy, and it's absolutely multiplied the speed of my workflow. I suppose the you, other one, you just don't know how much time you waste on your laptop until you watch Yusuf fu- on his laptop, <laughs> and then you realise like so. E- even like I'll you know. So you know how long it we- took me to get this iTunes review from Saki Fecker? I just went. <laughs> That was it. If hopefully you heard that, that was maybe four key presses. Yeah. I'm back to the notes. <laughs> so Yusuf is is fluent in shortcuts for Mac usage. It's so Alfred's, worthwhile. Alfred's the, the glue that holds all that together. Oh my god! Me, it allows you to create all your own keyboard shortcuts, clipboard history, including images and uh, like loads of workflows and auto launches, emoji dictionary. This is actually the the keyboard shortcut thing. It sounds like a really wanky developer thing to do, but 
Juju Mufu talked about this as a productivity hack. Yeah. Saying that the more you can keep your hands on the keyboard and away from the mouse, the less prone to distraction you are. Because as soon as you start using the mouse, you're slowing yourself down and then you end up switching task, losing focus and so on. So if you can keep your hands on the keyboard and just keep on task, it works very well. The other £100 or less purchase is a shut the fuck. Bless you. Shut the fuck. Bless you. That is a spray that they use anywhere east of Europe, basically. Um, Rory's anus spray. Anus spray. Rory Sutherland talks about this, and it's a great clip. I might have to even find it and put it in. Where okay. It's like, who, whoever thought in what kind of age would you wipe your ass with dry paper? I mean, it's absolutely a disgrace. And, you know, in, in everywhere in the east, they all use a spray. But actually, it says basically in the shops... When they, it's like they, they have the toilet roll on the mid, mid shelf and low shelf, and then the wet wipes are on the top shelf. So people assume that it's only for people with medical problems or perverts. Mm. And or like babies. And babies. Yeah. And so he says if we were to change where they are on eye level within the shop, it would change the perception of. <laughs> Very clever, but. That... It's, just it's just one of those things, isn't it, that everybody does, but no one questions. It's true. And I think from the perspective of how many times do you poo, how long do you take to get yourself sorted and how much are you leaving on the table in terms of on the anus yeah and <laughs> then it's much better i just don't just... i don't think many people have a problem with wiping their bum like i don't think many people come away from wiping their bum and think that was a really ineffective really elongated experience i think they just think well that's wiping my bum that's what it, that's i what suppose it's, like. it, it's very much like the alfred thing it's like exactly you, like that, you yeah. don't realize it's a problem until like when you it takes you 10 minutes to find a link or a file, you're like, well, that's just how long it takes until you see Yusuf on his laptop. Someone said that about iPads. So I've never owned an iPad, but someone said if you, when you get an iPad, you, then you realise the use for it. But only until, <laughs> but before that, you can't convince yourself that it's a worthwhile. So I don't agree. I, I had an iPad, probably the second generation, like years and years ago. And I just, it, it filled this gap in my life that I didn't need filling. Really? Well, because I, I, you, you and I, I think, are, are exceptional in the sense that we both have personal laptops and use them a lot. Mm-hmm. So if I were to do anything that isn't WhatsApp or text, I'd use... I'd, to be honest, I'd even prefer to do that on my mobile. Even WhatsApp and text? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I would never buy anything big on my mobile. I wouldn't... I, would, I like, think the only thing I use reading. my mobile for now, really, is podcasts. Listen to podcasts. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a, like a, a, an audio player of podcast <coughs> music books whenever. sat nav sat nav and maybe camera and phone. occasionally phone it doesn't, even, doesn't even do a good job of being a phone no skype's better very interesting Hey, Johnny here. Just a really quick interruption to this episode to let you know about a resource we now have up and running on propinfitness.com. One of the most popular questions we get from readers and listeners is, hey guys, what would you recommend for my starting calories for fat loss or muscle gain? How much protein, carbs, fat? How many calories should I eat to begin my journey as a starting point? Normally, this is something that we do for clients when they come into our program, The Propin Protocol. But recently, we have opened up the calculator that we use for all of our clients so that you can get a free calculation, a free starting point of what we would recommend if you were to start as a client with us for your protein, carbs, fats, and calories overall for either fat loss or muscle gain, customized to you and your goal. If you want to get access to that, it is totally free. 
you just have to go to propinfitness.com forward slash calculator, enter your information, and we will send your macros and your calorie recommendations to that email address. And we'll also send you a few free resources over email just to pad that out and ensure that you have the best possible chances of reaching your goals in fat loss and muscle gain. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. How has a failure <clears throat> a tough one, or apparent failure set you up for success? I don't know. Can you think of any? I mean, we, we have done a series of podcasts on this. Fails. So if you're interested in that specific question, that's a failure. It thought, it thought I was saying... Podcasts. Oh, my God. You, you know what that is? It's the Sam Harris theme tune on Double Speed. Um, okay, so there is a failure right there. It thought I was saying, hey, Siri. I've just deliberately put it on airplane mode so it doesn't go, what's that? Um, I'm sorry. But... Yeah, so we, we run through a lot of them. But one of the most recent failures is sleeping on the floor. I guess it was, it was a semi-failure. It wasn't, uh, I mean, I had to do it to find out. But the big one, I think for both of us, was fulking. Okay. And we've written right, about yeah. this at length. Fair enough. Fulking is just, or mukbulking, is <laughs> completely overestimating how much muscle can be gained within a month for a drug-free lifter. Yeah. And eating the calories accordingly to just... Or, or uh, I suppose the flip side of that coin is thinking that you are only ever four weeks away from being 5% body fat. Yeah. The, like, thinking like, because I can't see my abs... It'll turn it's a five-week I'm, I'm 12%. So I, I, <laughs> I remember being convinced that I was 12% body fat and tried to eat... Well, I did eat venison and, like, kale and white fish for five weeks and then was annoyed at the end of the five weeks when I think I, I did that as well but I ate like 3,000 calories of boiled potato and <laughs> prawns on, yeah. and you know you know who's a lot of this is to blame I mean I, I shouldn't it's nation, isn't it? yeah I shouldn't blame other people because I shouldn't <laughs> you know but if we'd read the pyramid books we would have seen through all this but just... it was a writer on there saying if you Dan need to John. lose fat then oh you didn't want to name you Dan John <laughs> <laughs> then you just need to give it 28 days for fat loss and that's all you ever need to do. And for some people that's true. Most people can lose 5% of their body weight in 28 days, but oi, oi. it's not going to be the definitive solution if you are more fat that, you know, so, so we do, we do that with the 28 day shred program that we have. The reason that we made that two reasons we made it. One is mini cuts interspersed along or interspersed in long periods of dieting or kickstarting a diet. So when you diet, the last thing you want to do is kind of dribble your way in and oh. be in like a, a small deficit for a year without really achieving anything. So you're the most tolerant to deficits right at the very start of a diet. Just come out the gates. Oh, what's the phrase? Hit the ground running. Come out the gates. Shooting. <laughs> Shouting, shouting! Come out the gates. Do it fast at the beginning. <laughs> at the beginning, come out the gates shouting. Yeah, and but that, that's an aggressive. Like that's not an easy diet. Like no one gets the end of the twenty day shred and goes like, "Wow, that was really simple and easy." Well, it is simple, but it's not. It's hard. But I think fat loss to, always is hard, and there's no uh, way around. Either now or later. Yeah, and like, and you, I think you and I would prefer a shorter, 
more intense discomfort than and and it really the way that it's set up is it's the least uncomfortable way yeah. that you could lose that amount of weight in that, in that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if let's say you're twenty twenty five percent body fat, you can go from that to shredded within five months if you play everything right. If you that's if you no really, mistakes. Yeah. If yeah. if you took a break or if you took two breaks, you could do it in six six and a half months. And really, that's that's actually quite a short amount of time. If you think how long ago was six months ago, it's not that long ago. And if if you were to fundamentally change how you look in that time, then completely what, transform yourself. Then yeah. what's the rush? Yeah. Anyway, next question. So is that failure was the same thing, wasn't it? Basically. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a favourite failure? Um. I think, and this is a bit of a cop-out answer, but I think I'm glad that I failed at so many training and diet programs and methods. Oh, it's informed everything and that we supplements have with that I've tried and, Yeah. Because I think, so the, I think the problem with um, the coming generation is <laughs> that, so, so right, like take right now, okay, in the fitness industry, so people read the Eric Helms pyramid books and then become an online coach because they understand like the nutritional pyramid and prioritization and macros and flexible dieting. But that's only relevant really, if you understand it in the context of if you've done the opposite, all the other methods and approaches. Yeah. Um, and really what makes someone, um, what allows someone to be able to give effective advice is not that they've read something that someone else has written it's that they've experienced plenty of examples and situations and iterations of trying different things. And so like, I think what, while we didn't realize it at the time, we were just trying to desperately get lean. Like all the experiences that we've had allow us when someone comes and says like, Hey, I'm doing keto, paleo fasting. It's like, or, Hey, we've done that for a year. Yeah. It was almost any, any diet approach, like pretty much any, any legal supplement that can be bought in my protein. We've tried and, and, experimented in a detailed way there's very few things that we've not programmed. yeah and you know there's a video time lapse over five years that we've done of um weekly photos weekly physique photos with correlated with the diet approach at the time and always it just comes down to the fundamental principles that we talk about and that's why our approach with propane is how can you abide by those principles in the most effort-free way the most effortless way that just settles into your life and doesn't require it to consume your mind, your headspace, your mental RAM, um, and just allows you to effortlessly get lean and bigger. So I did do a podcast on... 95,000 views. Oh, video. nice. So with a lot of steroid accusations, which, which is kind of a good thing. It means you can get steroid accusations by just following simple principles. Um, I did a podcast on what would you, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? One of those lessons was get lean once and then just spend five to seven years <laughs> in a mild surplus gaining muscle. That's one big regret that yes, I've learned from it, but you know, by faffing around for that for during mm. those years, but between the ages of 16 and 25, you have such an anabolic window. Like that is the true anabolic window because yeah. you've just got such a big surge of hormones and you must take advantage of it then because that is when you are generating your your frame, your your foundation, the amount of muscle that you will likely have for the rest of your life. And so if you miss out on that window by trying to be lean all the time, 
you're really scuppering yourself. And trying to do that in your 30s or in your 40s is going to be s- simply so much harder. The it's other still thing, doable, but yeah, it just takes, <clears throat> takes longer comparably. Definitely. Um, and you, you know, to create that set point early on, especially when you see someone who's 21 and out of shape, there is no excuse outside of disability or health problems to be out of shape at 21. Yeah. You've got everything going for you. You've got time, you've got energy, you've got motivation. The ability uh, to recover. That's the main uh, thing. In the, the natural steroid cycle, they're promoting the recovery capacity. So the, the only other regret that I, is kind of a favorite failure, but irreversible now is the disc. Right. Because there were so many signs early on, not disc as in CD-ROM. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else. The, the coming generation will never... won't know what a CD-ROM yeah. is. There was that video where they got one of the old-style telephones where you you drag the thing round, mm. and it was giving 17-year-olds telephones saying, like, can you dial this number for me? And just watching them struggle. Um, like, where they're going to have to change the save icon from a floppy disk and a folder icon to something that isn't a folder. Because no one knows what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, my intervertebral disc was it is basically an injury that is much harder to recover from now and would have been much easier to just not have in the first place. And there were many signs of that, but being a um young and dumb, I uh, <laughs> in in the coming generation, I uh full of the coming generation. Yeah, I just thought what's uh <laughs> this is fine, I'll just train through it. So that was yeah. You probably can't put that down to any one event, though. It was an accumulation of slowly over time. Continuing to load the spine through pain, yeah. I, I think the my biggest regret is not just getting help sooner mm-hmm. in the context of fitness. Yeah, like, definitely. I, and I know, obviously, we, we coach now, so it's we're biased, but... Um, in any aspect of your life, though, whether yeah, or not, just, whether or not we coach track it. The, yeah, like, well, so you, you wouldn't... If you were going to court, you wouldn't read up on the law yourself. Or if you were going to, if you had to file your company accounts and you didn't know how to do that, you wouldn't think, right, best crack out the accounting textbook. Like you just pay someone with the expertise to solve that problem for you. But for some reason, chapter one, regulatory agencies. <laughs> the UK is my- <laughs> <coughs> the companies are like, oh god. <laughs> but so I think people feel differently about nutrition and training because everybody has. Like, everyone's gran has an opinion on nutrition uh, and an yeah. opinion on health <clears throat> and fitness. And obviously, we all eat. The Daily Mail has 10,000. The chain opinion, changes every Chains constantly, yeah. And there's loads of people offering help. But there is no... like so, so right now, there is all the information for free you would need online, ever. Like, all the programs you would need, all the diet advice you would need. And yet, probably, if you're listening to this, you probably aren't in the shape you would like to be in. So why is that the case? Like, there's something missing. What is that thing? It Probably, it's the integration of the information in a way that matters for where you are right now, and then being held accountable and being held objective. The reason, One of the reasons why Yusuf's back was got to the way that it was was just a, a, a lack of objectivity at the time. You can't be objective with yourself, and you can't be held accountable yourself past a certain point. So... Just, no matter how smart you think you you think you can be about your training or whatever, it will not. You know, even coaches need coaches. In the words of uh, a a fitness coach called Johnny <laughs> Johnny Propane. Oh yeah, because uh, we both tried to coach ourselves in the past, and it's just uh, certainly I find it. I just second guess everything. Yeah, I look at everything differently. It's like, well, I wrote that, and I know me. 
and I'll just not do it. Precisely. Next thing. If you had a gigantic billboard, metaphorically speaking, getting a message out to millions, what would it be and why? <clears throat> you struggling with yours? I've got mine. Okay. Mine would say, and this is conceptually quite odd, it would say, if you're going to sell it at 7.26 in an hour... No. If you get that's wrong. If you're going to sell it at seven quid in an hour, sell it at seven twenty six now. Yes. And again, this is an Anton Creel thing. Um, we'll, we'll put the clip in the show notes yeah. for this. See, the the clip is hilarious because he he absolutely take or he rips the piss out of this bloke who's trying <laughs> his best um, to trade a million quid, um, and he's losing money, and the trade's moving against him, which is a very it's an awful very raw experience it's just a red number and the the, the lost number is getting bigger and bigger and bigger um but the idea is that um the standard frame of mind that most of us are in is when we are when something starts to go our way we try and solidify that as quickly as possible it's like we make a bit of money we want to keep that money as quickly as, as, as and, and that's the way that we you know we don't want to take any more risk we want to take the money, and when something's moving against us, we have this thing of like, well, I'm sure it'll, I'll sure, I'm sure it'll continue to be better. I'll sure it'll, it'll improve. People stay in jobs for too long. People stay in relationships for too long. People let a, a health symptom or concern go on for too long. Because human nature is to let our losers run mm-hmm. and cut our profits early. Yeah, and so sell it at seven, seven. If you're going to sell it at seven quid in an hour, basically what the guy said is. Um, the position's moving against him, and Anton says, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, if it gets to £7 in an hour, I'll sell it then. Anton's response is, well, just sell it now and make the loss smaller. Like, don't have this feeling that you need to hold on to this losing position in the hope that it might get better. Because if it gets worse, you've only got yourself to blame. And the way that he said it is if he's such an idiot. And, so, and, and the guy who was telling was like a Cambridge professor. Like a former IT consultant or something. Like, like a, a clever guy. Yeah, yeah. And, he, you know, and it's like, actually, yeah, when you put it like that, it's so obvious, but we do it because it, it, we're emotionally driven when this happens. And the reason why good traders tend to be psychopaths or have psychopathic <laughs> tendencies is that they're not prone to this fear of um, sell, sell it at 726 because they they don't have that same emotional holdback. Mm. And it makes them good traders because, you know, especially if you're trading with someone else's money, you can just be very coldly objective about the whole thing. Yeah. But it, I think you, everyone listening will have something in their life that is maybe not. But they should to just plan. sell it. Yeah, they should just sell it now. But they're, they're they're thinking, oh, I'll wait to see if it turns back around again. Um, but in doing so, you're increasing the cost. You're increasing the outcome that's negative. And like whether it's a relationship and job are the big ones. The huge ones. But even if it's like the way that you feel about the way that you look, for example, um, but putting it off and delaying it, um, or you know, a symptom, something's been niggling at you, but it's like, oh, I'll not go to the GP, it'll get better on its own. It's such a good analogy because when you're in a losing position, because the loss is just theoretical until you actually sell the position, yeah. it seems as if it's not happening mm-hmm. and getting getting slowly fatter, oh, well, it's not really happening because I'm, I'm just not paying attention to it. But actually, the sooner you nip it in the bud, yes, it is painful to, to start that process going, mm. but the sooner you do, the sooner you cut that loss. It's... People with medical symptoms, and you, you'll have more to say about this than I do, but it, it blows my mind when someone is like, I'm experiencing a symptom, 
and I've been experiencing it for six months. I haven't been to the doctor yet. And like the only thing, so it, apart there's the, the lead indicators, which are like nutrition, lifestyle, exercise, the things you can control that may limit the risk of you getting a disease. But if you have a disease and you have a symptom, the only thing that you can do is get it looked at by a professional. That's the only thing you can control. Has it got better? No, it's got linearly worse. Okay. <laughs> but it might get better later. So. <laughs> like, just sell it at 7.26 now and go to the doctor. Very so that, good quote. We, so it was, it was said in passing by a bloke who has no idea that we, we're even speaking about this, but um, that concept, when you really sit and think about it, applies to so much in your life. Um, so that would be what my billboard said. It would need it would need all this written beneath it as like a PS. This is why I've written this. Very but good. But that's what it would say. With Anton's face. Just with Anton, yeah. <laughs> mine would be, careful what you put in your mind, mouth and bum. <laughs> so, I think... Especially look, bum. Especially. So looking over the, the years, there's so much junk content that you can consume. And for me, I'm maybe fortunate enough to have always, despite the ridiculous nutritional experiments that we've done um and i mean the falking was a very controlled version of that but generally we are not prone to eating junk food that far exceeds our calorie allowance Mm. um for some people that is a major problem but informational junk is much more of an insidious one this is because what we put in our minds there's no immediate wasteland there's no immediate kind of uh side effect that happens except that you are polluting your mental universe you are uh, this is how you're laying the the seeds within your within the soil that is your mind and often junk information junk content gets pushed onto us if you're listening to a radio where you're just purely at the mercy of whatever's being broadcast at the time um if you read or listen to news or anything like that where it's out of your control then you're just laying the groundwork for junk thoughts and for to just basically become like everyone else as well. This is why I absolutely love audiobooks and podcasts, because you're finally fully listening to things on your terms, even on the speed that you want to listen to. Um, And so that's why with the Propane Podcast, as much as we want to give you good content, we also know that you can very easily just switch off to something else. And so... We're, we're all aligned to, to give you something that is going to make you grow and going to make you become a better person um, if that's what you're into. So I think going on an information diet is absolutely crucial. A lot of people turn on the news in the morning and it's filled with like people dying in a fire or shooting and Trump is going to kill us all. And you, know, and you think, well, okay, how does that impact materially my daily life? Mm. Probably <laughs> not. It, all it's done is put me in a bad mood for the rest of the day with no real sense of control. If anything, it makes you feel more out of control because there's chaos going on in the world. So especially like at, at the moment, so depending on when you listen to this, the news presently is just filled with Brexit chat. And loads of people like to have a really informed view of Brexit. Now, I think you'll agree with me here that mm. I see absolutely no benefit in having a formed view on Brexit because it's happening and will happen. The only practical application that will have an impact from the outcome of Brexit on your quality of life is if you can take the data, place it into a probability 
and you believe that that probability is more accurate and different to what the status quo mm-hmm. expectation is, and therefore you can exploit that difference in the markets <laughs> and and sell or buy the index accordingly. Yeah. Then great. So use but it to predict GDP. Use it to predict GDP yeah. and make a return on your investment. But if it's not to do with that, you're just furnishing your mind with nonsense. Or like if you're going to, so let's say you think it's going to be exceptionally bad, then just get out, go, go live somewhere else. Like that. I suppose that's the other. Like if you think it's going to be absolutely terminally bad, mm-hmm. but the point is, like most people, at least most people that I speak to about this, sort of have this. Uh, it's almost just like it's mental masturbation about a topic, learning loads about it, worrying about it, complaining about the government, complaining about how it's being managed. And that's and yes, it's something to sort of fill your attention with and it's something to think about and, and focus on. But it's not changing anything. Like the way you feel about it is not going to change what happens. So unless you stand to gain something or lose something from it, you, you'd be better off spending that time listening to a podcast or meditating or reading a book or whatever. Well, I think it does have a material effect, which is it's divisive to your fellow countrymen. <laughs> and of the coming generation. Of the coming generation, yeah. Like, it's, it just breeds a sense of, like, oh, well, they're the opposition now, and then anyone who is a Remainer or an or a Exeter or whatever... Um, <laughs> Brexiter. <laughs> Brexiter. Um, becomes a form of enemy in your mind. And you're like, well, as you said, if, if that information was then something that would has growth potential for you, much better use of your time. So this is, is again why everybody should just watch all of Anton Creel's YouTube content and buy his programme. Yeah. And we're not financially incentivised by that. I, I really, really mean that. Because he'll change your view on this stuff. Speaking of which, what's the best or most worthwhile investment you've made? Time, money or energy? Uh, money, I think, is just hiring... This is going to sound really repetitive, but hiring coaches mm-hmm. over time. Um, so, obviously, fitness, uh, business as well. Just fast-tracks things, isn't it? Yeah. <coughs> I think, like, any time we've had... So, especially in, with propane stuff, like, any time we've had a problem, um, it may not even have been paying for someone's time, but, like, buying a program, buying a course has really has helped us often to at least gain that money back by just applying the information. Yeah. Um, so it's an investment, I suppose, of a direct investment with an ROI attached to it. But um, that or, you know, you're trying to, I'm trying to get better at powerlifting, so hiring a powerlifting specific coach. Like the the time saved and the rewards gained from that money, al- money allocation better than anything else. Um, I think time and energy probably starting down the path of reading and learning about general self-development. I think gaining an interest in that world um, has been massively helpful over time. Very much agree about the investing in yourself. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've invested in myself in something, like a coach or a Mm -hmm. book or something, where it's not paid off. Especially net. Like Obviously, you can always buy the wrong book at the wrong time. Or, you know, hire someone that, that's shit or, or whatever. But on balance, it's always, as long as you do your research properly, mm-hmm. always very effective. I think people, well, certainly some clients that I, see, obviously when we work with people, we see a client of all over time. Mm-hmm. And I think initially the client thinks, I'm getting a fat loss result. And they're pleased with the fat loss result. But a year down the line, like loads of my clients are 
you know, I've got a client who's just hit a thousand day meditation, meditation streak. Like that's, that's mental. That's you about that. um, clients who are, who have like completely given up alcohol, completely given up caffeine that are wanting to go on meditation. Transform their relationships. Transform yeah. relationships. And, and that started from just, oh, it'd be quite nice to get a bit leaner. So mm-hmm. that, so I suppose it's the first step on a journey towards, um, completely completely transforming yourself and that comes with investment along the way doesn't it but as much this as much as this is blowing our trumpets as well um i feel like we're mixing is that, we are is fantastic that, is that an expression blowing like blowing your own trumpet blowing your own trumpet okay of the coming generation <laughs> <laughs> there's that noise it's you it's you fitbit or something it's not my fitbit <laughs> do you know what it might be <laughs> i've never heard that before it might be my tile oh uh, it might be your tile Johnny has a tile in his pocket like a bathroom tile he's not just pleased to see me um, so what, what were we saying yeah found it it's the tile so we were talking about with hiring people as yeah. much as this is blowing our trumpet and saying that these people have come in for one result and they've transformed their lives as a result and still achieved their physique goal as well the flip side is that now because the fitness industry is becoming very saturated everyone is setting up as a coach everyone is um that it's easier, the low, lower and lower barriers to entry to set up a WordPress website and so on. The difficulty is more people are entering the market at offering a very low quality service. And so you, you do need to nowadays do more research and more fact checking with your, uh, not fact, more, yeah. more vetoing of your, um, of your potential coach, potential author or whatever, because there's so much supply now that there's a lot of nonsense and that to shift in, Like if you go on, if you go into like the self-help section of a bookstore, there's loads of books that claim to have like the, the thing is, I don't even know how to turn it off <laughs> because there's a button, one button on it. And I press that button. Oh man. So if it happens again, I'm sorry. There's a life fail. It is. So, so the Lindy effect is in play here. The Lindy effect. Lindy effect is where you, you, you look at someone and you say, how long have they been around for? Is Lindy coming here? L- Lindy might, he's, he's coming when in the generation. Um, <laughs> it's, you look at something and you say, how long has it been around for? Okay, it's likely to be around for that much longer. Spot- uh, Spotify yeah. has been around for eight years. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be around for a further eight years, most likely. Mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie in the self-help section, it's yeah. been around for 60, 50, 70 years. Yeah. Probably going to be around for a further whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, like, I don't know, um, I'm not very current. No, I know what you mean. Well, Justin Timberlake versus... <laughs> <laughs> the self-help author, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> this does, I, I can't give an example because I don't know current artists. He talks about music. So it works with music or artists or any, or companies, anything where it's like, if they've only been around for a bit, investing in it's more risky because if you follow a normal distribution, they may only be it around for It just means that, that everything new is doomed to fail within months or years by that logic. But I, I see what you mean. Like if something like a, high, continues, a high percentage of them will be. Yeah. yeah. Well, because 80% of companies fail and all those, all those sorts of stats. But yeah, so um, when choosing who to listen to, I think what I do is... Um, that guy's obviously fallen over, hasn't he? On the oh uh, no, he's had a nightmare. There's a guy just walked past the window with mud all down one jean, one the left hand side of his jeans, and what it looks like is he's been like walking up a, gra- a grassy hill and slipped. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing, but it is hilarious. great spot though. Um, so yeah, I, I look for 
um, the amount of content that the person has. Uh, okay. I know. What, like, like our 400 plus <laughs> articles and 150 plus that, podcast that episodes. Thing, yeah. But like if, if 500 someone, videos on YouTube. Uh, precisely. It, and I, I also look for consistency. Mm-hmm. So the way, I, the way I view that is like if someone has been... <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. It's just a blur. <laughs> it reminds me of that. <laughs> that guy just dropped this kind of Santa. Oh man, everyone's dropping stuff. It reminds me of my, my flatmate who came in one day just in his boxes and nothing else. And I asked him what happened and he was like, oh man, I was sat on the grass outside. It was summer. And when I got up, I was like, have I, have I pooed myself? I smelled something funny. And then he touched the back of his leg and realised that he'd been sat in poo oh. and he'd moved it all around his clothes and his arms and his body and so he was like I had to just he was like it was all over my clothes so I just Bitch. dumped them all in the bin and just walked home in boxes <laughs> he had a long shower so I think I would have continued walking I suppose it depends how long the walk is mm. you would have kept the clothes on probably yeah he's got low threshold for clothes anyway he does yeah he's so. very very naked man <laughs> um, but yeah so if someone has been really consistent with with producing content or whether that's uh like the number of books they've written or so like tim ferris good example very consistent with content podcasts consistently good mm-hmm. i think that probably says something about him you know it says that he's so like tim's five bullet friday email is every friday without yep. fail like that says that he is in it for the long haul and understands the value of consistency and, and that what he puts out is high quality. Probably if you bought something from Tim or invested in something from Tim, it would probably be pretty good. That's interesting because it's quite a subtle tell because there are people who seem seem quite successful online but are sort of sputtering engines on the mm. back end. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it's, yeah, it's a potential tell that something's mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. What is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? don't know if you want time to think about it let's hear yours okay so mine is listening to things on double or triple speed recently i've been forced into listening triple speed because my new podcast app castro very good app only allows two times or three times and two times is a bit too slow so i'm having to so what was that so it's a guy talking about the psychoanalysis model which is autobiographical in nature it relates to the individual rather than the wider map of human consciousness <laughs> it's stan groff who who i met he's on the tim ferris oh podcast. the breathing man yeah we've met we've mentioned tim ferris so many times we have actually tim if you're listening shout out really appreciate everything that you do <laughs> Because he will be listening, almost certainly. Loves the propane podcast. Uh, weird habit. I suppose my... This isn't a habit per se, it's more just something that I consistently do. When someone challenges me to do something, when it comes to personal development, or if there's a chance of, of improving, I will just absolutely throw myself into it headfirst. Yeah, it's, which that, I think leads to my girlfriend thinks I'm weird because of all the things that. So the two recent ones, I, the ones I can think of at least, would be caffeine. Mm. I think we. So your girlfriend said, "Bet you can't have caffeine 
free for a month. Yeah. And you were like, all right, mate. Just did it. Oh, it, was, it was no coffee. Mm-hmm. So that's what actually made it hard. So I'm, I'm, I've cut down my caffeine intake to zero essentially recently, but just having, or it won't be zero because there's some coffee, some caffeine and decaf coffee, but um, it's, I think really what I miss is the taste of coffee. So giving up coffee completely was really difficult for me because I had to have tea and things that I wasn't as keen on. Giving up caffeine has been comparably very simple, which is the method that we advise in the the original template that we created. If you haven't seen that, go to propanefitness.com forward slash caffeine. There is a great template devised by Johnny to eliminate well, and you. And an article written by you, right? Article and a little infographic summary as well for how to... How to give up coffee. How to get rid of your caffeine addiction in three weeks. Without time. even noticing that you're doing it as well. You really won't. Mm. But there is, yeah, very good. In the last five years, what new belief, behaviour or habit has improved your life? Meditation, probably. Yeah. Good habit. Yeah. You've been very consistent with that as well. Lately Again, I have, yeah. another example of a challenge... Johnny wasn't, oh, yeah. wasn't convinced of the benefits of meditation. I said, right, how, how, many, how, long, how much are you meditating every day? He said, oh, I'm doing three minutes in the morning. I was like, stop messing around with three minutes and do 30 minutes a day for 10 days in a row and come back and tell me on day 10 that you don't feel any different. Lo and behold, you do feel different. So it's the same as people who like, describe their diet to us and it's like I'm having two scoops, two scoops of strawberry whey in the morning and then I have... Uh, I feel like that's just every person that approaches me in the strawberry. gym. <laughs> it's always like Cymex or Maximus away. I'll have me Maximus or two, two scoops in the morning, 7am, <laughs> and I'll have me oats, 30, 30 grams. brain, not in oil or meal, in raw meal. Brown brown bread. And, uh, and I'll have pack, pack the crisps. And then in the evening I'll have, you know, spaghetti bolognese or something like that. And like, there's loads of effort going into that, but they're probably not consuming enough protein and maybe too many or too few calories. So it's like the, meditating three minutes a day is you're going into a room, you're opening a meditation app, you're sitting down, you're really trying, but you're just not quite tipping over the point where it's actually going to do anything. So yeah, um, so I think to be honest, one of the best ways of achieving anything for me is to just set myself a, a challenge that feels impossible mm-hmm. or feels very difficult. And just do that. With a defined endpoint, so you actually work towards it. Yeah. Very good. <clears throat> but yeah, so meditation and also, um, I think just, so it will be over the last five years, just my understanding of, um, I, I failed so many times to build habits of various things. So stretching, meditation, sleep, reading, all those things. Only when I made it competitive and simplified it and understood that like I'm basically uh, like a nine-year-old child that needs barriers and guidance and to be kept on a leash the whole time only then did I actually start to make progress with it I think we all are nine-year-old children we just need I think the sooner you accept it and just work with your mind rather than think that you it it come I guess it's the thinking you're more advanced than you are Mm. syndrome and like everybody's addicted to their smartphone in one mm. way or another, like while we maybe don't feel like we are, um, technology's very much got a grip on, on most of us. We did an interview with Lawrence Judd from, what was it called? Shredded by Science. Oh, yeah, that was with um, something nutrition. De Novo Nutrition. De Novo Nutrition. Um, and he, we, yeah, we were talking about making the good decision 
as easy as possible and the bad decision as hard as possible. And yet, you know, if, if you do have to, if you do have to treat yourself, treat yourself like a child, if that means that the outcome is that you do the thing <laughs> when otherwise you wouldn't, then oh god, what? Frozen turkey. That was my. Oh my yeah. Tell us about frozen turkey. <laughs> okay. So, um, what were we looking for? Was where's the question? Oh, it's just the, the purchase for the hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I was looking for something that would block me out of certain apps and social media um, while I was working because the problem with with having a, a business online is your phone and your laptop are just portals to that world. So email, iMessage, WhatsApp, the Telegram that we use, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like all of these things. Hundreds of channels where... Are, yeah. are avenues for someone to want our attention, something horrible to happen, something great to happen. You know, you're constantly feeling this need to check them. So I was like, right, no matter how hard I try, when willpower, you know, it's 4.30, you've had a long day. What was it you said? It's like having a bit of heroin in your pocket all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you're a heroin addict, you're like, I'm not going to take any heroin, but I'll just, I'll still keep it with me, but I'm not going to take any, I promise. Um, so being able to get on these things, I, I, I was finding myself just checking, spontaneously checking email. And if you're a, a knowledge worker, so if, unless you're like physically producing something, if you work on a laptop, you'll probably have this compulsion as well to constantly check email. So Cold Turkey is an app for Mac again. Um, that will just block you out of these things. So it's application-based, which not many of these things are. So iMessage, it will just lock you. I mean, you've, you've got it as well. Yeah. Locks you out of iMessage. It locks you out of mail, any app you want. Um, will block you out of any uh, website as well. When I was playing around with it, I saw a little toggle switch that just said, Frozen Turkey, enable. I was like, what's Frozen Turkey? Hover over the little question mark. When Frozen Turkey is enabled, it will completely lock you out of your computer and you will not be able to get back in. So I'm like, oh, well, great. That's just what I need. Hard stop for, to stop me working at the end of the day, thinking I'll be able to get around it if I need to. It is very much a permanent thing that happens. So uh, It's like dealing with a frozen turkey. <laughs> because have you, have you ever held a frozen turkey and been yeah, like this? This is a solid <laughs> thing, yeah. Like, if you had to try and cook a frozen turkey, you'd probably get around it eventually. Well, but. no, but you just have to wait until it defrosts. There's no... There's, you know, you can try putting it in the microwave, but it's so solid. It's so too firm. massive. Like, So frozen turkey is... If you have a Mac, if you work for yourself, or you're a... a I suppose you struggle with boundaries and work. And I think, unless your office shuts at a certain time, most people struggle with boundaries at work. At least mm-hmm. people that I know. And that's because you allow yourself to decide the end point. And there is always a little story that your mind will come up with as to why you'll just do this last email, you'll just work another 30 minutes. If if at 5.30, your screen goes grey with a motivational quote in the centre of it... And, and a mu- picture of a turkey. And you cannot get around it. Like, at 5 o'clock, you, you will have never experienced productivity like it. The turkey of doom, you just see it and it's like, right. It's like the day before you go on holiday at work. How much work do you get done? Lo- loads of work because you don't want to be bothered. You want to be able to put your outer office on. Mm, true. Why, like, imagine if you had that every day. So, so if you have a Mac, get cold turkey. For you God wrote sake. an article in 2008 <laughs> called The Deadline Mindset. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that, yeah. It's about that. So powerful. It the is. Deadline and, com- and competition, those two things. So that, that's your belief and behaviour that's benefited. Technically, benefit. purchase, but yeah. That's my $100 purchase. It's good. 
for mine, it is the concept of the time will pass anyway. Oh, God, yeah. And th- this is what... The coming generation. The coming generation need to know. <laughs> so <laughs> so when, when, I, when I quit my job eventually, it was the idea that our retraining as a doctor is going to take five, six years. Oh, that's too long. I'm already 21, 20, no, I was already 23. What do I do? And then the Earl Nightingale quote of, if you are worried about pursuing your dreams for the time, for the fear of the time it will take, don't worry, the time will pass anyway. And it's like, well, if that time is going to pass, I may as well go for it because I'd rather in six years' time to just be, or even in, even in a year's time to be on the way to that than not at all. And something Johnny's very good at, and I am only recently learning this, is if you've only got 15 minutes to do something, I always think, oh, well, there's a big project I need to do, but it's it's going to take longer than 15 minutes, so I just won't bother. Whereas you're always like, I'll just do what I can in those 15 minutes. Like, if you're about, you know, you've got a train to catch at one o'clock and you're like, oh, mm. you'll still do something. Yeah. yeah. And those bits add up. So that's a habit that I've seen from you. And I don't even notice that I'm doing it, which is, I suppose that's a true habit, isn't it? True. But I think that, that quote <clears throat> or that concept, again, applies to so many things. So... Um, there's loads of stuff that I wish I'd started earlier, like learning, doing earlier. Someone said about that about learning to trade, which well, is the, the answer to the next one. one. It's like the yeah. best time to learn to trade is 20 years ago. The second best time is it's today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, again, to say, like people who are like, oh, I'm 40, it's too late to get in shape. It's like, well, you're going to be 50 anyway. Mm-hmm. Is it better to be 50 in better shape than you are now or the same shape? Like, and yeah. so many people don't start things because they think there isn't enough time or it's too late or it'll take too long. But you just how much time you have. You're still in the shape that... Maximise that time. You have to be a shape. <laughs> yeah. Triangle, square, circle. Cylinder. Cyl- some people are cylinder. Rhomboid, parallelogram. I'd love to be a parallelogram. Me too. Um, but, you know, we can only hope. What advice would you give to you, a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world and what advice should they ignore? Okay, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. I would say so. It's difficult because I don't know what career advice is being given out in schools at the moment. Um, I can't imagine it's anything particularly progressive. They're, they're funneling people to Silicon Valley or anything like that. Um, I would say, while this is a little bit Gary Vaynerchuk, there are so many ways that you can start your own company these days um monetizing a skill that you probably already have in some level depending on how old you are um even if it's something that you don't do as a career and something that you have as a side project a lot of industries while they maybe wouldn't admit it at the moment are probably under threat of automation and technological shift um there are big companies who are hiring less people in favor of automation if you're just entering the labor market now and you're looking at what to train as, skills that were valuable 10 years ago are becoming less and less valuable, especially knowledge-based skills, well, knowledge and physical production skills. So if you have something that, if you learn to build, package and sell a service or product yourself, you are far less fragile in the labor market. So that's one thing. So doesn't have to be your own business, but some some form of income that you generate yourself, that you are entirely in control of, that is selling a product or a service online, 
there are loads of ways you can do that. Um, loads of markets you can go into. Uh, people are even, you know, drop shipping things that they've never even seen before and selling it at a massive margin. So lots of stuff that you can do for that. Um, and then just learn to learn to trade for God's sake, for God's sake. So my, my answer is very similar to that, which is yeah, to hedge. Mm. So you have the potential of a career, potential of a, a job, whatever you choose to do. Um, and you can make yourself more anti-fragile or more robust to shocks <laughs> <laughs> like, like that. I mean, just falling off my chair. Um, why do you stuff there? You know when you see someone rest their hand on the their face on the hand and then their elbow on a table and then the elbow slips off the table. That's what just happened. Essentially, <laughs> brilliant, um, cheap humour. <laughs> and as Johnny said, having having a marketable skill because ultimately the world only cares about what can you offer me. And it doesn't matter how much of a nice guy you think you are if the if there's nothing specific and marketable that you can offer to the world, then they're not going to care. And so having something that you can offer, a skill that you can monetize, whether or not it's your business or if you if it's a skill that you can work for a small startup or or whatever, that you know, or something that you can get behind, because obviously we all have a search for meaning as well, then that's great. Um, alongside your alongside your main job or instead of your main job. I heard a podcast by a Swedish hedge fund manager talking about the 2x rule where he said there's two ways to make um well there's two general paths you can take with your career. One of them is you pick a successful and progressive company that is doing well and that is a high performing one and you work for them and you you basically aim to get into a high position in that company. Or you can accept half of that salary and work in something that you feel more aligned with its cause. And that's the 2x rule. So you take the hit on um, meaning, you become more of a cog in a wheel, but you, you earn twice the salary, or you do half the salary for something yeah. that's, that's more. So, you know, you, we, there's always a trade-off between these things. And the way to... Um, still make sure you can you can earn some more money is to have alternative ways of uh, alternative sources of income and the Nicholas Nassim Taleb approach would be to barbell your strategy so if you have 90% of your trading portfolio in bonds corporate bonds let's say low return low risk and then the remaining 10% of your portfolio is very high risk assets so that if there is a big upside you'll capitalize on it and if there's a if there's a crash then you'll only lose 10% of your portfolio. Yeah. Um, to add to that, I suppose, the so obviously uh, one of the things you experience with um, owning a business that you wouldn't experience with being in, in employment is you'll have months where, or, or maybe even years, where the amount of money generated doubles than what it was previously. And if you're an employee which most people are, you, you, would have, you have this belief that earning double the money that you earn now would lead to a vastly different situation in your life than what you're experiencing right now. So a lot of people make career decisions and life decisions based on the idea that when I earn 100 grand, I will, like, suddenly my life will be completely different. The, uh, loads of people say this, and I never used to believe it, but the, 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 the categorical reality is it is exactly the same. Like you 
have a bit more money to spend on things that are necessary for you. Maybe in the future buy a nicer house or pay more money for a car or whatever it is important to you. But like the way that you feel and your life and most of the way you spend your time is exactly the same. Good point. Because unless you're bursting to buy something and you're you're aggressively saving to buy that thing. Mm -hmm. But even then it's a fleeting thing. Yeah, even if you are, you get the pay rise, you buy the thing and then it's like, okay, is my life complete now? Mm. So probably not. Who was I listening to the other day? talking about this saying that like the satisfaction you get from a purchase is only ever a fixed period of time uh, okay I've, i don't where, know where was that anyway so like you know you buy a handbag or a new pair of shoes or like whatever it is i know you buy lots of handbags you stuff so like, loads you you own that thing for a year but the, the max enjoyment you get from it's probably in the first month of owning it and then to get that high again you have to buy something else and buy something else and so you need an income that funds that habit that's sort of like a, a drip of adrenaline serotonin that's constantly fueling this way of living mm-hmm. this is all very sounding all very woo woo but the point is like if you are I, I think if i were still at college deciding what to do i would try and avoid going into a career that was just what are you laughing at <laughs> carry on <laughs> i would try and avoid going into a career that was purely for financial gain so in that in your example yeah. Like you either pick the career that's progressive and you try and get to a high position. What's the quote where it's like, I spent my life climbing this ladder. I lent the ladder at the wall, spent my life climbing this ladder only to realize I'd lent the ladder against the wrong wall. Oh, I know. It's, it's a horrible thought. Yeah. Or that, Very much. that clip that's like, you don't go back into the barbershop or something. What's that video? <laughs> you don't go back George, to the barbershop. You don't, you know, he's, he's playing a game where he's pretending to be someone. Oh yeah, it's it's from Rick and Morty. What don't you go back into? Um, the carpet shop. Carpet shop. Yeah, we'll we'll include the clip for that as well. (laughs) I'm gonna have to write this stuff down. Hang on. What 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 have we mentioned so far? We've got Anton. We've got the just write just Anton carpet shop. There were a few other clips. Uh, the hedge fund manager. If you want to include that. Oh yeah. I'll find the quote about leaning that ladder up against the wrong wall. Ladder against wall. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's that's a good point. That, and it's it's part of the reason why people just chase endless streams of um, of career progression when actually that working six days a week or seven days a week doesn't provide linearly more fulfilment. They already get to scratch that itch, and they don't get linearly, linearly more money. You get no. the same money, unless you work in per hour, but yeah. Even if you do, if you have linearly less time to spend the money in, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, if you're making, like, a, a job change for an extra, like, 10 grand annual gross salary, but that requires an extra X hours or X stress per mm-hmm. month, then often... You're and you're taxed at 30% of it, then... Yeah, yeah. your net pay per hour is less. Horrible. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> That's really awful. We're, we have quite firm strong opinions about this <laughs> those people are like guys bunch of hippies it's weird thing to say, but yeah um next one is what have you become better at saying no to and what's helped so i'm reading a book about this at the moment called minimalism or the minimalist mm-hmm. essentialism essentialism <laughs> Shows how much attention I'm paying the book I'm reading. Have you read it? No. No. It's as you'd expect. Just say no to more things. I see. 
Because um, every time you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think I'm pretty bad at this. Well, but you automate it, you outsource it. So cold turkey is the perfect example. Oh, of I see. Okay. So I more think of like invitations or suggestions to do something. Like, are you free? Such and such. Can mm. you do this then? Would you like to be part of this? Like, I find in general, I default to yes. But I think I, I default to yes if it's people that I care about. Mm. Um, if it's if it's not, then I I think I don't even get invites from Fuck people it. that don't b- anymore because I think it, I've just said no enough. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'm just such an antisocial bastard to people that. Mm. Um, so when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost your focus temporarily, what do you do? I think. It's going to sound odd, but get up. Get up, change your temperature, change your yeah, state of change your state. Yeah, go for a walk, something to mm. definitely... Just take a, just have a break. Chris was saying the, the reset that you get, you know the when you're ruminating about something, you're upset or whatever, and you go to bed and you wake up and it's a fresh day and it's mm. so much better. He said the effect of going to the gym for him is more powerful than that. So it's not more powerful for me, but I, I think it's probably equal. Mm-hmm. But certainly, like, when you're tired and... You're like, oh, I can't be uh, asked. Well, just the way you process things. Like, if you're knackered and you've been working for five hours straight, let's say, and you haven't looked away from your laptop and something bad happens, the way you process that information is literally night and day to if you just looked at it the following morning. Yeah, So definitely. But then at the time, you're like, oh, no, I need to look at it now and sort it out. But it's it's 1 a.m. and... Yeah. Fresh, fresh, fresh eyes in the morning is the... Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. <laughs> For me, it is... God, I nearly knocked over a mirror. Oh, I know. Yeah. I almost have in the past. Can you imagine? <laughs> the, imagine the bad oh, luck. Oh, God. The cleanup. <laughs> You'd be all in the carpet. For me, it's using the Eisenhower Matrix. Okay. So, this, this, I use an app on Mac, I think it's free, called Focus Matrix. It was like £3. And very, very helpful. Basically, it's, it's just a digital version of the four quadrants... So imagine on quadrants, you have vertical, you have urgency, and horizontal, you have importance. So then you've got the four permutations of that. You've got urgent and important, urgent and not important, important and not urgent, and not urgent, not important. And so you can then allocate things based on, do you have a big to-do list? And rather than just like panicking about it, you just drag things into the relevant section and you just work through them. So urgent and important, you just do it immediately. Just sit down and actually get started on it because it has to be done now and it's important. Um, if it's urgent but not important, you can delegate to someone else. If it's important but it's not urgent, you schedule the time to do it. And if it's not important, not urgent, you just get rid. Mm. It's very... So, prioritization is the what feeds into effective deep work, isn't it? Because without that, you're constantly torn between tasks. Well, it's you, horrible. you can work efficiently <clears throat> at the wrong things and inefficiently at the right things, and the latter will always get a better outcome. Yeah. I used to work very efficiently at the wrong things. Mm. Well, again, really easy, isn't it? Because like, you get mm. to the end of the day and you're like, what have I actually done today? Oh, well, I've cleared my inboxes. I replied to that guy. Oh, I wrote that thing. But like the project that, need, that needs to be finished next week, I've not touched. 
Yeah, so I've treaded water, but yeah. I'm actually... I've not even treaded water because, you know, a day closer to the deadline with no progress. <laughs> yeah. Whereas actually, if you'd looked at... If you'd prioritised things and realised that that was the most important thing, actually the emails being replied to is not important mm-hmm. at all. A similar concept from Todd Herman. And this is, again, it's so... It's one of those things you hear and you're like, ah, oh, it's so obvious, but... He was like, let's say you've got three tasks. You've got A, B, and C. And D, four tasks. <laughs> so over two weeks, you do Monday A, Tuesday B, Wednesday C, Thursday D, Friday A, Saturday B, and you just go on like that. He's like, whereas what, what if instead you were to say Monday A, Tuesday A, Wednesday A, Thursday A, you've completed A now, Friday B, and you'd be like, it's so much more satisfying and you just, you can fully dive into that project mm. and get it done something that we did for a while this I mean, we, we i still try and do it but it's immensely difficult is if you have if you have a to-do list with lots of project-based work on it picking one thing to do that week and just doing that one thing this week and focusing on that till completion is the the the, the flinch is like oh but what about this thing and oh, no, 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 i need to do that as well but like you probably won't finish all of them if you try all of them anyway, as you're saying in that example. As Ben said, let the small fires burn. Mm. <laughs> I, I still struggle with that a lot. Just letting, just letting people get pissed off. Mm. I'm actually marking my success recently as the small fires that burn and just letting them do it. And I've had a few like crashes mm-hmm. from it, but I'm just like, just gonna mm. let it happen because if I tried to deal with that or reply to that person or whatever it would have meant not being able to do the other things. So, But that comes from knowing what your priorities are. Yeah, true. What I've learned from essentialism is that priorities is only a recent thing, and it used to just be priority. It used to be a singular thing. Like, what is the priority? And only in recent years do people discuss it as having priorities. Oh, having really? Priority. Yeah. So you shouldn't have priorities. It should be because a priority. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's an oxymoron in itself, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> wow. Like Microsoft works. Or a government organisation. <laughs> it's like the, th- the thing that um, as you mentioned, Ben. Ben's a friend who's uh, really interested in all this stuff as well. Um, he started just setting three priorities each morning, and then completing his, like making sure he completes those three things. And like, if you set those three things correctly by the end of a work week, you've done 15 things it's that good. are really important. <clears throat> but again, how many things do most people complete? Hardly any. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're clearly confused. It's a dark light. It's a definite silence, you could say. If only they just acted naturally or just stayed alone together. Definitely, maybe. <laughs> this is amazingly awful. But it's bittersweet. <laughs> it's a jumbo shrimp. <laughs> Got the original copy, anyway. <laughs> But it's all in random order. <laughs> oh, look, there's a small crowd over there. <laughs> oh, that's a true myth. This is weirdly normal. It's like, it's like The Walking Dead. <laughs> right, stop. Stop now. <laughs> right, let's, 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 the let's do our farewell reception. <laughs> it's the only choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Farewell. I hope that was useful. If you have any questions for us, let us know. What a ramble thon that was. <laughs> Otherwise, leave us a review that is sufficiently witty. Whit. Whit. Preferably with an oxymoron. And we will send you a free copy 
of the V-Taper Manual and the Faster Fat Loss Guidebook. Yep. So leave a review. Send us an email saying you've left a review. We will potentially read it out if it's good. And send you some free things. Bye. Bye. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode. So we have an opportunity for you, something that we have put together that is totally free, that is a synthesis of everything that Yusuf and I have learned in fat loss, muscle gain, nutrition, training, lifestyle, habits, the works. Everything that you hear on these podcasts, condensed and more, condensed into a synthesis of seven days of learning and immersive experience to totally overhaul, enhance and accelerate the results you're getting currently in your training and your nutrition, no matter how advanced you are or aren't. We put together a virtual learning interactive coaching experience called the 7-Day Kickstart that you can take part in whenever you're ready to. To join, simply go propinfitness.com forward slash 7-Day Kickstart. Enter your details and you'll be sent everything that you need. You'll be coached by the Propin Fitness coaching team over 7 days for free. You'll get 7 days of content sent to your email completely for free. And it gives you a look behind the scenes of what we do with clients and gives you a ton of information that previously was only available to paying clients inside of our world. So propinfitness.com forward slash seven day kickstart to take part and we hope to see you inside. See you in the next episode. Speak soon.